Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining me on my second episode today. Today I have a personal favorite guest of mine, my I'm first. The, I'm the best. I'm going to be the best guest. The I'm the very first one because I'm the best. Everyone else, go screw yourselves. No, thank you for everybody else that's going to do it later. Ignore nope. that comment. Nope. Um, today I have Dahlia. Madsen? I was almost going to say your other last name. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yes, and I'm her cousin. She's acting like we're brand did new I to not each say, other. Did I not say my cousin? No. Okay, today I have my cousin Dahlia. And today we're going to be talking about anxiety. And we're going to be sharing our own personal experiences as well as our tools that we use, what we do to help each other or help ourselves out actually when we have really bad anxiety. So I'm just going to start off this podcast with explaining what anxiety is. So anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings, often tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. That is the term used for GAD, which is generalized anxiety um, in the DSM, which is like they, I don't know, like I guess like a Bible like for psychology like it's like the book where you look everything up and it tells you like all of the mental health issues Mm -hmm. so I guess I'll just say it like that um people with anxiety usually have recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns so I guess I'm just going to start off with sharing my personal experience so I started noticing that I had really bad anxiety when the pandemic got really bad I remember just feeling like I didn't know what was going to happen. I felt like I was going to get sick. I was super worried. I didn't want to go to work. And I worked at a grocery store, which was hard. And I remember just feeling like I just didn't want to go to work. I wore gloves. I had a mask. Even before it was even a mandatory thing to do. And I just remember feeling like I couldn't control my thoughts. And I just didn't want to be at work. It was really hard to show up to work. And actually with that too, I developed a, I guess like an OCD for washing my hands. I feel like it's kind of common too because, you know, people were telling you to wash your hands, but it was to the point where my hands were all cut and I don't even know how to explain it. Like just swollen. I guess they were swollen. Really red. Really red. I mean, to this day, you, I can see yeah. it and it's still kind of. For those of you Red. that haven't seen her hands. Yeah, for family that, for people that are listening that have, don't see me. Yeah, your hands kind of look like they're like on a corpse. But with nice but, nails. Yeah, with nice nails and nice rings. But, I mean, it looks pretty bad, but it does look better. You it does look better It looks now. a lot better. Um, I even had to go see like a doctor so I can get like a spe- specialized cream that had a lot of... Like steroid? Yeah, steroid. He asked me if I wanted like a cortisone shot. That's, yeah, that's, that seems like an OCD flare-up for you. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like it, it was. I don't really feel like I've had any other type of OCD. Like, I've joked around before, which I know it's, like, not, you're not supposed to. Yeah. Like, I don't really have OCD, like, with anything else besides, like, washing my hands. It was, like, if I didn't wash my hands, like, I couldn't eat because I felt like if I didn't wash them, like, not even a certain amount of times, but, like, if I touched everything, I needed to wash them because... Yeah. Well, be- I mean, where I work, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, where you work, too. And you actually ended up getting sick. No yeah. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. It was very scary. I work for, those of you that don't know me, I work at a retirement home. So it was pretty easy to get by in the beginning. We didn't have really any cases up until November of last year, 2020, 
we had only two cases oh, and wow. then in november that's when it just broke out but it got really bad here in our state and in our county alone it was just terrible yeah i feel like in lodi alone it was just like everybody had it like mm-hmm. everybody at at that time i felt like i knew at least one person every time who had it mm-hmm. even at work it was well, like yeah. all over like it was just spiking all over the country so it just really most of our residents and our staff had it yeah I feel like a lot of people at my work had it too. But with that being said, <laughs> I um, actually started taking o- um, OBD. What the heck? <laughs> CBD. CBD because I felt like I needed something at work to calm down. And that did help a little bit. And also just writing it down, like writing my worries and actually thinking about it. Like, okay, like a plan almost. Like, okay, if I got sick, like what would I do? Mm-hmm. Obviously call work, obviously isolate myself and quarantine and get tested. Like all those things, I feel like that helped. But I mean, still, I still felt, especially when at, where I worked at the grocery store, like they didn't really enforce masks. So people would be in there all the time without masks. That's scary. Yeah. So when I was feeling that way and people were over there, like, without masks, I was like, oh, my God, like, let me let me go this way for yeah. me. Like, I would literally avoid the aisle. I hate that. I would avoid people, too. Yeah. And, like, people would, like, look at me and laugh. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not trying to get sick. I still avoid people without masks. Really? I don't know people, so I don't know where they've been. Yeah, that's true. That's what I say a lot about people that I don't want. Like, my brother. I'm like, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> like, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> Uh, okay, so that's my personal experience. That's how it kind of started. It actually kind of started in college, but I feel like during the pandemic is when it really like spiked for me. I feel like just college in general is just gave me anxiety, like the pressure and the assignments and just the pressure of that. And then with my parents' divorce, I feel like I got really bad anxiety too. And then I feel like just with the pan- pandemic, the panty, mm-hmm. it spiked. Well, not yeah. to mention all this happened for you like pretty much all at once yeah like literally college literally my parents got a divorce and then like I moved and then the pandemic Mm -hmm. yeah so that's my personal experiences Dahlia how do you when do you feel like yours not even started because I feel like that's hard to really pinpoint um actually I think it was sort of easy to tell when it started building like I feel like to some extent I've always had it since I was able to realize it, but it really was this job was like really bad at one point, and I've always had this job for like the last six years. So it was yeah, a lot like of that drama. Was your first yeah, job it was job. a lot of drama at my job, and as I'm sure a lot of you know how old people are at some point in time, and a lot of them were just really getting under my skin. So. I literally it got so bad to the point where I thought I was just gonna up and leave like I was just gonna walk out and never look back because it was just so bad mm-hmm. so then I went to the doctor and I already knew I had anxiety but then she diagnosed me because my heart rate was like dangerously high all the time like I would literally be sitting down and it'd be going like 130 beats per minute oh my and god that's not normal oh so my god. it was like to the point where it just so- me even being there was just it gave you and it made me walking into the building would just give me like triggered you yeah 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 for sure do you feel did you get prescribed medication or were you just given like kind of like a plan so yes not i wasn't given uh, 
medication because my doctor was really against it. I She had me talk to a psychiatrist and she did not think I needed it. She tried to help give me other resources to cope, like of course like the breathing. Mm-hmm. It's And it's really helpful that the breathing, but also she was very adamant about telling me to avoid all possible triggers. Like that's like the biggest thing for me is like, if you can do like if you know something triggers you, okay. avoid it like okay. completely. So in order to do that, you have to even know. You have to figure out first like what is that trigger. The major ones you should really be aware. Yeah, of. Yeah, like work. Obviously, you yeah. know. But like I know for me, sometimes I get anxiety, but I don't even. Sometimes I don't even know why I'm anxious. And I was just actually talking to my friend, and my friend was actually telling me the exact same thing. Like she didn't even know why she was anxious. She just felt like anxious yeah and I feel like when that happens it's really hard to even be like okay like why am I worried or like what is making me feel this way well that's the worst too is like sometimes you just it hits you out of nowhere like you really don't know why you're feeling this way like why are you so upset it just comes on and then when a panic attack comes on out of nowhere it's really scary yeah the first time I ever had a panic attack I thought I was like dying dying yeah, I know. I was going to ask you that, too, actually, because I've never personally have, a, have had a panic attack, but I know you have, and I know a lot of people that also have it, but it's, like, for people that don't know and that people that, I guess, like, the stigma about having anxiety and, like, a panic attack, almost like you're lying. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to explain to people, not that people think you're, I mean, a lot of people don't no, understand yeah. it. Right. But do you want to explain, like, and what I, it feels like? I see how people... Like, of course, if you haven't experienced it yourself, it's very hard to understand. People think it's, like, sort of dramatic, I guess you could say. But so I never knew how bad a panic attack was until I actually had one. Like, I thought people would exaggerate, like, if I would ever see it on TV or something. But no, it literally, the best way I can describe based on, like, symptoms is, like, I thought I was having a heart attack. Like, my chest hurts so bad. It felt like I just had so much weight and pressure on my chest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really emotional. I was like almost irate. Like I, like just little things would trigger me and I was like crying. It was really hard to breathe. And like once you get to that point where like you're having trouble breathing, it's very hard to come back from that. Yeah. So I remember it, you saying too that you felt like you couldn't breathe. I mean, obviously COVID, it has like a symptom of breathing, but did you have anxiety while you had COVID too? Like, was that also like made it more? Yeah. So when I actually was sick with COVID, um, of course it's very, very difficult to breathe already, but then I get really like not being able to breathe is like one of my biggest fears when I can't breathe and then already not being able to, it makes me even more anxious. So then I it's harder to breathe anymore. So it was hard to get it under control. I was really struggling. It was hard because I thought like, okay, like pretty soon I'm going to need to go to the hospital Mm -hmm. because I feel like I am not getting enough oxygen. And, but then I was like, I feel like they weren't even going to take me because they're prioritizing like the more severe cases. Mm -hmm, And that mm -hmm. sucks. Like that's what was scary about this pandemic too, is that there was no room in hospitals for people who obviously needed treatment and couldn't. Yeah, I feel like it was more that the severe people that were, like, on deathbeds almost, pretty much. That's who they were accepting. At this point, ICUs were, like, at almost that capacity and... Yeah, you got sick when everybody else was sick. Like, when everyone was had it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's... I, I mean, I was wondering how that felt with the panic attacks. And I just think it's really interesting that... Like, we talked about, like, work, too, and how people think, like, sometimes you're over-exaggerating. Or, like, I know when I felt anxious at work, like, 
people already know that I like was anxious mm-hmm. and about it and that I had anxiety about it. But like I almost felt bad. Like that I was like like it was almost like my I mean it was like it felt like it was almost my fault that I had anxiety and that I couldn't stay at work mm-hmm. and the way they kinda like treat you there and the people like there's older people that work with me too, so they're like perception on that it's like she's just like trying to get out of work yeah like they don't understand yeah maybe because of the stigma and back maybe during their time period it was not really something that was talked about i feel like not even when we were at least for me when we were younger yeah when we were in school i didn't really even know what it was i didn't know either like i didn't know what it was and i feel like a lot of people don't even know they have it because they don't even know what it is like mm-hmm. they don't even know what the symptoms are like what it makes you feel I think one of the ones I get the most is always like body pain yeah like especially the chest area. yeah especially here and then migraines. well you guys can't see me but <laughs> migraines afterwards those suck yes I always get the bad migraines I remember one time I had like a migraine for a week yeah. it was pretty bad yeah it was really bad so speaking of how like people don't know I did some research um actually it was like from I, I think it was from the CDC actually so anxiety is actually the most common mental health in illness or issue in the U.S. And it affects about 40 million adults ages 18 and older. So that's 18.1% of the everyday population every year. And it's highly treatable, but only 36.9% get treated. Mm-hmm. And actually the stat about the 18.1% was actually wrong. So 18.1% of the population... Um, it's like, what? how do you explain that? Like 18, every year, 18.1 of the population says they have anxiety. So it's like increasing. Yeah. I mean, it's like self-diagnosable. But like once I had it confirmed by my doctor, it was scary, but also like kind of a relief yes. now that I knew what was going on with me. Yes. That's what we talk about a lot in school too. Yeah. And well, that's what sucked too. Like when we were in high school, like I didn't know because... We didn't talk about that in high school. Yeah. That's not everyday things. Did you guys have psychology classes in high school? I never took any. I don't know if those were available to me personally, but yeah, I definitely. I remember taking, we had one, but it was only like half of the semester of the quarter. Like, oh, it was only like half a quarter. No, half of the semester. I think it's one of those classes that you just choose to be a part of. It was like an extracurricular one. Which it shouldn't be. No, it shouldn't actually. And that's why, like, I really think that people should become aware because even children ages 3 to 17 according to the cdc 7.1 of them uh, which is approximately 4.4 million have diagnosed anxiety Mm -hmm. and that's a lot that's a high percent i'm sure like the numbers like really spiked when the pandemic started because they couldn't go to school and they couldn't interact with anybody yeah and that social you know like having you know we're meant to have social socialized with people all the time like that's what we're meant for like we're not meant to be like isolated we're not like yes we're animals but we also need like that socialization i think that's what like makes us human too yeah we're like herd animals yes like we need we need that in order to feel good and to gain like some type of reinforcement and i feel like with anxiety with anxiety with the pandemic Mm -hmm. it was really like it was not available to us and like you said kids like did not have that they weren't even able to get to go to school they weren't able to escape especially if they were like in homes with a bunch of other siblings and school was like the only thing that really provided them that attention 
they yeah. were able to get that especially mm-hmm. teachers didn't even know what was going on they didn't even know how to deal with it so that's just really interesting to find out and to know so if you're a mom listening check up on your kid oh for and sure. like make sure that they're okay and that you know anxiety is such a hard thing to deal with and it's different for every person that's why i really wanted to have you on this podcast too because i can share my personal experiences with anxiety mm-hmm. but obviously yours are going to be different yeah they're different for everybody yes they're different for everybody and everybody at some point probably experiences anxiety same with like depression things happen like huge life events or huge traumas um bring upon these things and so you know everyone should experience these things at some point in their life yes it's kind of difficult for us who are just have it in general that it's hard to know even what causes it or why yeah this is like the main thing i feel like if you don't have a major life event that sparked it you don't really know why and that's really hard for people to even understand and grasp but um Actually, um, according to the DSM-5, in order for it to be generalized anxiety, um, you have to have it for more than six months with reoccurring symptoms. So obviously, if a major life event happens and you have it for a month that you feel super anxious, that's totally normal. Like Dahlia said, that's like something that everybody goes through. But Mm -hmm. if you have it for more than six months consistently, that's when it's a problem. That's when you should probably go talk to a therapist and... I don't, when people, I, people, I feel like I say that to people and they think I'm like being rude, but yeah. I'm really not being rude. It's like, I'm telling you to go see a doctor. The best advice that you can give. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'm not trying to be rude and I'm not trying to make that seem rude. But when I say like, go see a therapist, like they could probably help you in other ways that you don't even know that you can help yourself yet. Like I personally see a therapist too. I, and she helps me a lot during, especially during the pandemic. We, that's who actually told me to write down like my plans. Like if I were to get COVID, mm-hmm. I can almost, I was gonna say OCD. If I was gonna get yeah. COVID, then what would I do? What would be my next step? What would I do? And just planning it out. I feel like people who are anxious, that's really a big thing too. And I even feel like with people who have high functioning anxiety, it's really hard. Like people don't. I feel like people almost don't believe you because yeah. you can function it's hard to try and justify it like when it happens to you and like you just you know you literally like can't do anything it gets bad so bad to the point where like i can't go to work because i just can't calm myself down i don't want to be feeling that way at work because i'm not useful to anyone if i'm there yeah. and I'm it's almost like you're way. sick yeah exactly it's it, almost, i mean it's it's illness, literally yeah so but it's hard to justify like your reasoning as to why like why aren't you here or why do you cancel these plans but people like i said people won't understand unless they go through yeah. it themselves if you, if you have a broken leg a broken arm they're like oh yeah i totally understand like you yeah. you're broken whatever it's the same thing with having a mental health issue it's the same thing and people don't realize that more people are starting to but a lot of people especially older don't realize that mm-hmm I feel like a lot of companies don't realize that. I'm not trying to bash anybody, but you I think feel, you're being lazy. Yeah, you don't want to come in just because oh, like she just doesn't want to come in, or she wants to go out and do something. It's like no, especially like in COVID, you're like yeah, what am I gonna go out and do? There's nothing to mm-hmm. do. Yeah, what am I gonna go do? Just sit at my house? Like, like mental health days are important. You guys. They are, and even if you're not feeling anxious or you're feeling down, like I will talk about 
you know, depression and other things in other podcast episodes, but I just want to emphasize that when you feel sucky, don't make yourself do stuff because you'll end up feeling worse. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you'll just feel shitty. And then if you plan yourself out something and you don't get to it, I feel like that's even more shitty. You need to, like, prioritize yourself and your health before anything. Yes. And I actually want to share, too, that women are more likely to experience anxiety than men based on a study done by the CDC where they looked at people or participants for two weeks and they analyzed the severity, the mild and the moderate and severe um, symptoms of anxiety. And based off this study, 19 point, oh no, actually 19% of women had anxiety, reported anxiety compared to men, which was 11.9. And I think, I know, you know, that's kind of like different for men and women, and I, but I do feel like women do experience anxiety more mm-hmm. because I feel like this is an obvious thing, but women are obviously more in touch with their feelings than men. I mean, men are too. I don't yeah. want to dismiss that and like make it seem like sexist and that you can't be in touch with your feelings. I think, well, that has to do with like men and the stigma around men and their mental health because they're looked at as like weak or like very mm-hmm. like, emasculated but we need to normalize mental health yes. issues for men. Like, they yes. have their shit to go through, too, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's one thing, too, that maybe... I'll, you know what? Now that I think about it, now that you said that, maybe men didn't report feeling anxiety because exactly. of that reason. Mm-hmm. Because of that specific reason. But also, like I said, women are more likely to be in touch with their feelings mm-hmm. than men. More so, open. Yeah, more open about it and... That's just, like, a common thing, though. Like, it's in all the books. It's in all of the, the mm-hmm. psychology courses. But that was just an interesting thought. That we're, I, not, we're not saying that, that that's, like, the case. That's, yeah. This is this is just, statistics. yeah. I'm not, like, I mentioned earlier. Actually, I don't even think I mentioned it. I'm not a doctor, okay? Like, I literally. We're definitely not. We're definitely just sharing our own experiences. And that's it. Like, I do not have a bachelor's yet. But I will get there eventually. I have a year left. Yes. We're Not so, even a year, a semester. We're so proud. We stand. We stand. We stand this queen. <laughs> okay. And then I just want to also um, ask you, like, what do you do for yourself? Do you work out when you're feeling anxious? Like, what helps you? So I always thought in the beginning of the pandemic that I was like, oh, yeah, this would be a good opportunity. I can't really go out anywhere, so I can just stay home. And, I mean, obviously, I, I worked throughout the whole year uh, during COVID. I never was able to be home like a lot of other people. But since I was there, aside from being at work, I thought, yeah, like I can work out and it would, I would get in shape and make me feel better, like with my anxiety. Um, that didn't happen. But <laughs> I have recently started working back out because it does help. Like it really, even just like going out for a walk, like it'll clear your mind. It really helps um, doing your breathing treatments and if you find yourself in a situation where you're starting to feel like an attack or even just a general anxiety coming on, uh, take a step back, like walk away from the situation and go take a breath. Like, yeah. I mean, like at work, it's easy. My, my boss knows and she's pretty cool about it. Like she knows how I'm standing. Yeah. yeah. And she has it herself. So she knows how I feel. So it's a little easy, but like, and don't be afraid to like be open about it either. Like, you need to tell the people around you that you can trust and let them know 
what it is that you're going through. Yeah, I feel like if you don't have that, like, obviously, people are not going to understand what you're going through. I feel like being vulnerable is very hard, but I feel like in the long run, it really helps you out. Mm -hmm. And it helps the people around you understand what's going on with you, too. I feel like that's really important to be vulnerable. I feel like we're super vulnerable right now. Like, we're doing this whole podcast, sharing our anxiety. Well, I'm very open for everyone that doesn't know that. I can share anything. Um, But, yeah, don't be afraid to speak up and tell people how it is like even if they don't believe you i mean whatever like everyone it doesn't have matter their own opinions yeah but you know yourself and definitely avoid all your triggers if possible yeah i cannot i literally just did that the other day i so i get anxiety from listening to crime junkies which is a great podcast everybody should listen to that yeah it's a great podcast but, but it scares you it scares me it really does actually that's why i kind of came up with this name seeing yellow too because mm-hmm. i am fucking scared mm-hmm. so rude car rude cars over here if you guys heard that i'm sorry but i get really scared and actually i recently i'm not sure if it's because of that podcast or just because i've been more aware of sex trafficking and all that but i've been really anxious to even go out to the stores Mm. and go by myself before like i don't know if you know but in high school i would go i didn't care like i would go everywhere by myself i would go with my friends like i would go i didn't care without thinking about it Mm -hmm. but as i started you know, feeling or hearing about sex trafficking and things that were going on, kidnappings, all of that, I really started getting scared. I wouldn't go alone. And I started listening to Crime Junkies, and I feel like that made it, like, ten times worse because, obviously, just, like, the kidnapping and, like, how do they, how do they get into your house, like, without you yeah. knowing? And now I feel like it's just, like, it's happening a lot, and it's very hitting very close to home because it just happens, like, in your neighborhood. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's random and like it's people think like oh the nighttime is so scary but things these things are happening like during, during the day. Like, yeah, they really just realize. found the this is completely off topic but that what is it no the one over here in Auburn hmm. the Auburn Kidnapping? the serial killer what's his name the serial killer the one that was put on death row the Golden State Killer yes the Golden State Killer yeah he would do it during the day wouldn't he anytime and really not any specific target so it was really just anyone. yeah and, and one of them was here wait we can't say where we're from but one of them was here <laughs> i forget Close. that's also another thing we don't want we don't any, want it <laughs> anyone to come and kidnap us please <laughs> literally that's my anxiety so we're not saying where we're from but that was Around. it was here no it was in our town it was like literally the houses over there by where i used to work Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Well, no, that's where they live now. But I don't know where it was at, but it was in our town. Yeah. So that's really scary. Off topic, but not really, because that really gives me anxiety, just knowing that. And yes, the dark is scarier for me, but it's also like when I'm in the shower, like, oh my God, like what if someone is in my house and Mm -hmm. I don't even know? People are bold that they're breaking into houses still. Like, who's still breaking into houses in 2021? Like, everyone has rings. But a lot of people still do that. I've seen a lot of that lately on Twitter. That's so crazy to me. Like, and especially because you're entering territory that's very unknown to you. And the person that's in there is obviously very familiar. So it's like, for us, if you were to walk in, like, you don't you don't have the advantage when you're yeah. breaking into people's homes. Don't do that. But uh, Yeah, don't do that. Homes. Don't do that. We're not... We're don't, just saying that we're don't scared. Don't commit other crimes either, but... <laughs> don't commit even petty crimes. crimes. Like, just... But don't break any people's houses. Yeah, that's just crazy to me. I feel like a lot of that... A lot of 
crime happens, like murders happen because they don't expect people to be home Mm -hmm. when they're just trying to steal shit. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's, I mean, there's obviously targets sometimes. I swear if this is in the podcast, I will be mad. If you guys can hear me We're literally in the middle of a parking lot, you guys. Just sitting in the middle of a parking lot. No, I'm just kidding. We're in the garage. (laughs) We're in the garage, but something always happens when I'm trying to record. Okay, it's gone. Rude. Anyways, back to this. So, yes, anxiety is hard. Anxiety is different for everyone. Just be open about it. I know it's hard. I know that's probably why a lot of people get anxiety, too, Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be open. And a lot of anxiety actually comes from public speaking. Oh, I I don't have that. See, I don't have that in school, like in person-person school, but I do on Zoom. Isn't that weird? No, I don't have that at all. I have, I don't know why. I, okay, so, like, it's weird, because I consider myself more introverted than extroverted. I like to be home more than anything, but I can go out and socialize with people, like, and not be awkward, and I can speak in front of But crowds. that's also social anxiety, too. Being, like, like, like not that. knowing cues, like, social anxiety, mm-hmm. like, being out in public. Anyways, mm-hmm. continue. You can be out where? I can be out, and I can talk to people. I just, like, I choose not to. I'd rather not. <laughs> Um, but public speaking was actually really easy. Like if I had to, like when I was in school and, you know, like I had like the forum classes, it was very easy. I work much better by myself than I do in groups. I'll say that's for sure. Yeah. I feel like that pressure to do it right always is why I work better by myself, Mm -hmm. especially because you know what you want out of whatever you're doing. And in college too, it's hard because you don't really know everyone and you don't know how they work or how they what their opinions are like what their style is yeah so it's like hard because you're very given very limited time to work on this project already and then you don't even get to learn about each other before you start and get into this so yeah i just prefer yeah doing it on my own i'll do all the work it's fine yeah yeah that's true i, I mean i just get like i just get anxiety over everything now but i do but i don't i feel like being out and doing stuff like that I enjoy, like exploring, going out to eat, whatever, really helps my anxiety. Mm. I feel like when I'm stuck in a place is when I have really bad anxiety too. Like what when I mean, like when I'm stuck at home, like with the pandemic too, like I'm stuck in my house, like we couldn't go anywhere. Uh. So it like I didn't see my friends as much. Uh-huh. Side story there, but yeah. <laughs> but um, I also felt like that. Actually, speaking of. I mean, this is like a panty anxiety episode, but speaking of the pandemic, like, I feel like that also hurt a lot of friendships too, because you didn't see each other. People didn't understand people who were anxious, didn't understand the anxious people. Like, I just felt like it was a lot of people listening that know me know I don't have any friends, so (laughs) I hang out with mostly my family. Yeah. Family is everything. Especially for us, it's really easy because... We have so many people. Yeah, like I could literally make a whole year worth podcast of just my family members, of just interviewing my family members. That's not even an exaggeration. I'm not exaggerating. Grandma had 11 kids, and now I don't even know how many. Did you guys make that family tree? Uh, we did not. We were. So you were in the middle of it, but didn't finish it. You know what? Let's just play games. Exactly. It's a lot of work. We didn't have big enough paper. That's why. There's a lot of us. My grandma and grandpa had a lot of kids. And, and there's a lot of grandchildren. Yes. But I am grateful for that. Same. I am grateful for that. It's like literally your own group 
I have big families on both sides, and you like in some uh, ways. Yeah, and some, do too. I do too. My my dad's side is actually growing a lot now too. Yeah, my dad's side is pretty big. I'm not super close with them anymore for obvious reasons. Hashtag daddy issues, but <laughs> also anxiety provoking issues. Yeah, also trigger <laughs> for me. Um, but I mean, our side of the family is big enough. I mean, yeah. we have so many people. But and yeah. a lot of the people are close in age that's the thing too like a lot of us a lot of kids were born around the same time in our group our age group we're very close there's at least like six of us that we're very close I mean I live with my family I live with my grandparents right now don't say where at I'm not saying (laughs) like don't say where at (laughs) but yes off topic but back to that just one more question before I close this out. Um, do you take CBD? Do you do anything like that? I know I personally don't. I mean, obviously, if you need it, Zans, a lot of people get Zans mm-hmm. prescribed to them. But from my knowledge in school and what I've been taught, Zans are not supposed to be an everyday no. medication. It's supposed to be okay, I'm scared of airplanes, but I need to take this airplane, whatever it is, mm-hmm. let me just pop one really quick and be fine and pop one on the way back. That's what it's meant for. It's not supposed to be every day, I feel anxiety, I feel a headache, let me take a Zans. Like, no, that's not. With the correct therapy and the correct medication, yes, but your goal is to get off the medication eventually. Right. Yeah. You're not supposed to live on it. And then circular, the thing with mental health issues is that they're all circular so if you have anxiety you're more likely to have depression if you have depression you're more likely to have anxiety and other things anxiety ocd Mm -hmm. like those go hand in hand so once you start getting prescribed something you're more likely for something you're more likely to be prescribed for something else Mm -hmm. which also just from school i took this really cool class on medication and just learning the stuff and the reasoning behind why we don't like getting prescribed mental health medication is because there's not a clear solution where it's coming from yes it's in your head but we it's not it's not true that it's an imbalance like we don't even know if that's true like there's still studies being done on the imbalance of the brain it could be other factors like there's just not a clear like, if you have a headache, you take an Advil because it's going to hit. But it's also, mm-hmm. like, not a clear... Like, Advil, you can take an Advil and it could be any part in your body because it's setting those pain receptors mm-hmm. out. But very confusing. This is, like, a whole other podcast. Yeah. But it's also, like, I'm just trying to emphasize that if you're med- taking medication, that's okay, whatever. You're taking it already. But the main goal of medication is to get off of it eventually for mental health issues, just like you would if you got your teeth pulled out. Right. Because even, like, any, most medications are addictive, and they come with their long-term side effects, and they will affect you eventually. Yeah. And I've seen people firsthand that have um, addiction to prescription medications, and I just... It's not something for me. I mean, I feel like that's for more severe, severe cases. Yeah, but you also, in order, if when you're doing that, you also want to be seeing a therapist. Your mm-hmm. Their goal is not to keep you on forever. You need to have someone there you to You need regulate. to have, yeah, you need to talk about it. You need to regulate it. It's not something, honestly, in my personal, again, I'm not a doctor, okay, don't, like, I'm just giving don't you my advice. advice. I know, don't, don't come for me, but... 
in all honesty, a doctor, a medical doctor should not be prescribing you medication without a proper diagnosis and a proper session with a psychiatrist or a therapist. Mm-hmm. And there's difference between a psychiatrist and a therapist. I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but there is. Um, I know I was really confused too, and I'm majoring mm-hmm. in psychology, but a psychiatrist prescribes medication, also provides therapy, but a therapist is usually like more like, for example, I do, I go in and talk and we just talk. Mm-hmm. I don't, she doesn't prescribe me anything. I don't know. I don't even think she, I don't even know if they have license to prescribe. No, I don't think so. No? Okay. So yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a psychologist. I can maybe know. recommend to a doctor, okay. like a psychiatrist, but. I don't they think they have prescribe. a license to prescribe. Yeah. But I just go and talk. I'm not sure if that's what you do, but I just go and talk to her and we talk about life. Sometimes I just sit there and cry. I mean, it just all really just depends. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned earlier, again, don't come at me, but a medical doctor should not be prescribing you any type of medication that is not. Uh, that's like a whole other subject. Yeah. Too. Like doctors <laughs> don't always have your best interest at heart. You always do find, your own research. Yes, always do your own and research. find a good doctor that's actually going to listen to you and not just write you off like and just, you know, give you whatever you want and just yeah. there you go out the door. Even if you have had this doctor forever. I mean, people are wrong. We're human. We may all make mistakes. Yeah. Just do your own research, especially if it's a new prescription and it's something that you're not familiar with. Always do your own research. Research articles are the best thing you could do for yourself. CDC website. I mean, you just have to gather your information. And I know it's a lot of work. Oh, my God. No. Okay, anyways, I know it's a lot of work. But just do your research, please. Please, please do your research. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. This was very fun. This was, yeah, this was fun. This was my first official introduction no, just kidding. My first official episode. <laughs> I already did my introduction. But thank you so much for listening, guys. I really hope you guys don't come for me. Oh, yeah. Please don't. And attack me. I Like I said, I'm not a doctor. I don't have any type of master's degree. Like, I am just, this is my knowledge. This is my advice. What I've gone through. What I've experienced. What Dahlia's experienced. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you're knowledgeable about mental health issues, it's you gain you. It's like a rabbit hole. Like you learn a lot, especially. And it just it gets deeper and deeper. Yes, you guys. it really does. Like it there's so stop. this is like just the surface. We mm-hmm. can go in deeper, but that's a whole other episode. And I'd rather do that when I have a master's. So, I'm not gonna. I don't want to get attacked. Anyways, <laughs> she's like they're like this this bitch all qualified. I know I'm not fucking qualified, guys. Don't don't. We're just people. We're just talking. Everyone's just a human being. Yes. That's more important. Yes. So thank you so much for... Oh, yes. As I always say, live life fearlessly. Live it without fear. If you have anxiety, especially like me, with crime... Why do we all like like the deepest, darkest stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I know. And it's hard. It's like it really does give you anxiety. Thanks, mom. Yeah. For making me into a crime junkie. My mom is a crime junkie, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Sabrina Suarez. Um, I am Dahlia Matson. And thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys all next week. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.